0: of the podcast. My name's Thomas J. Sotvet.
1: And I'm your co-host, Vicky Sotvet.
0: And since this is the spookiest time of year and my favorite holiday of all time, we have for you a super special bonus episode of everyone's number three ranked horror movie podcast, Scaredy Cats.
1: I definitely thought you were about to say the number three ranked horror movie, and I was like, that's an interestingly specific number there, babe. No, no. But I see now I was in error.
0: But we are talking about a very, very, very famous horror movie uh, coming off of the Friday the 13th um, saga. So this episode is going to be released after Friday the 13th part two. And technically, we said Gerald's game was next and we still will be reviewing that. As per usual, we're just shoehorning this one in between. So don't get mad at us. Uh, We're giving you bonus stuff. Uh, so, Vicky,
1: Yes, Thomas.
0: Halloween. Yes. Or All Hallows' Eve. Yes. Or as it was once called, Samhain. Are you familiar?
1: I am with all three of those things.
0: Great. Uh, yeah, so Samhain was basically the pagan New Year. Uh, the Celts would harvest, they'd kill all their cows and pigs, and then they would celebrate all of the food that they had with a rad feast.
1: Feasting is good. I can get behind feasting.
0: At least that's what we think. There's actually not a whole ton of evidence as to how Samhain was originally celebrated. Uh, because unfortunately, the Celts didn't like writing things down. It was it was a very oral tradition society. Uh, it wasn't until the Catholics got involved that they really started to write things down. Um, how we ended up with Halloween... Also, is because of Catholic meddling, uh, specifically Pope Gregory the Fourth. He didn't like pagans. He didn't like the pagans were doing their pagan things, and so he decided to hijack the holiday uh, and make All Saints' Day instead. Which and is
1: actually on November first.
0: It's on November first, which is where we get All Hallows Eve from, because that's the Eve before All Saints' Day. Uh, it effectively turns Samhain into yeah. All Hallow's Eve, which eventually was contracted into Halloween. And that's how we have that popular season ho- ho- holiday. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't even know where I was just, going with that.
1: You just stopped talking. So. I,
0: I, my, my brain misfired. Um, so we're covering Halloween, okay. uh, John Carpenter's Halloween specifically, because it has been remade by Rob Zombie. Uh, we're covering the first one, uh, the 1978 film, so, normally I would drop a couple factoids and I would talk about the movie and then ask Vicky what Vicky knows about this movie. But it didn't really make sense and I don't know why it is I decided to do it that in that order since... I would be telling you all about the movie and then ask what you know about it, and you'd be like, well, I, I know what you told me. Everything
1: you just said. <laughs> yeah, I think that's happened a
0: couple times. So I'm going to start asking you what you know about it before I kind of break down the movie for you. Good so what that. do you know about John Carpenter's Halloween?
1: Um, it's got a William Shatner mask painted white, mm-hmm. and it takes place on Halloween.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's by John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. I think it's also a slasher movie.
0: Yep. That's not bad. That's,
1: it. That's all I got for you. Okay. That's all uh, I got for you,
0: fam. So, so as you pointed out, it is uh, directed by John Carpenter, who is a legendary horror director, uh, one of my favorite directors of all time.
1: I think he just is your favorite director. You, you've uh, got to stop saying he's one of. He just is at this
0: point. I, I, I have lots of favorite directors. No, you don't. Uh, yeah, sure I do. No, you uh, don't. I, how do you know what is what it is that I do and do not like? Anyway,
1: you talk about John Carpenter all the time and how great he is.
0: So he also directed uh, The Fog, Christine, and my favorite movie, probably, of all time, The Thing, in 1982. It was produced and also co-written by, because John Carpenter wrote, was a co-writer. So his producer, Deborah Hill, also helped him write Halloween. Uh, She also produced Halloween 2. She also produced The Fog. And Halloween season of the witch, many others. Uh, interestingly, she's from Haddonfield, New Jersey, and the movie Halloween takes place in Haddonfield, Illinois. So, Illinois is- I it was written down. It's written, that's how it's written out. I don't know. I, I know it's Illinois.
1: <laughs> Where you get a really angry email from like oh, one Ill, Illinois-ian? Ill, an Ill an ill person,
0: an ill person from. Il- the,
1: sixth day Illinois the Illinois from,
0: uh, from an Illinois in
1: Illinois Ooh. yes
0: um Ooh. it stars uh, Jamie Lee Curtis the Scream Queen herself as Laurie Strode uh Donald Pleasance who is another pretty amazing actor as Dr. Samuel Loomis and Nancy Keys as Annie Brackett and Nick Castle with toy, uh, Tony Moran as Michael Myers um Two of them kind of uh, shared the Shatner mask to play Michael Myers throughout the movie. Uh, gotcha. It had a hilariously small budget of $375,000, which is such a pitily amount of money. I mean, if we think about how the first Friday the 13th film, I believe, was made for half a million. And so this was made for significantly less. And in my opinion, is way better um to date its box office is estimated between 60 and 70 million so i would consider that to be a pretty huge success
1: it's done pretty good for itself
0: oh yeah yeah, it has been Uh, a couple quick factoids about the movie beyond what i've already said uh i I mentioned that the script was co-written by john carpenter and deborah hill it only took them 10 days to write the script of Halloween and it was originally going to be titled The Babysitter Murderers.
1: To be fair and keep in mind I have watched two slasher movies until this point. It doesn't seem like it would take all that long to write a slasher script to me.
0: Oh well now you realize you have to write a slasher script in ten days and then tell me how how that goes. I mean okay. In addition to being written quickly it was filmed really quickly. Uh, Halloween only shot for 20 days.
1: See, that is way more impressive to me than writing a script in 10
0: days. It was just a quick production, really, really quick in and out. Uh, As you mentioned, the Michael Myers mask is actually a Captain James T. Kirk mask, a William Shatner mask, that has been stretched and painted white to give it this kind of ominous blank stare. In one movie scene, the characters are watching the thing from another world. Which is based on the 1950 which is a nineteen fifty one horror movie based on the short story "Who Goes There," which I've read and is pretty good.
1: Because it's what the thing is based on. It's
0: what the thing is based on. Yeah, funny For- enough, uh, Carpenter went on to remake the movie only four years later, uh, The Thing, which I've already talked about in this episode. F-
1: friendly reminder to everybody: The Thing is one of the very few horror movies I have seen before doing this podcast, and I've in fact seen it three times because Thomas loves it. So much that I've had to watch it.
0: It might be the greatest movie ever made.
1: I dispute that. I do not dispute that it has excellent practical effects, and the tension is so thick you could cut it with a knife.
0: Yeah, and just like the the kind of like who done it, but it's an alien. it's just it's so, It's just so good, so well acted. Kurt Russell's in it. I don't know. Oh, man. But we're not talking about The Thing. We're talking about Halloween.
1: We might have to do a special episode of The Thing just so you can get oh, it out of your system.
0: We're we're doing it. But that's going to be, like, a, a special, like, hundredth episode or something like that because, yeah, that's... Mm, mm, creme de la creme. Anyway, uh, so that's kind of all I got to say about Halloween. Oh, uh, one more quick fact. Most of the actors purchased their own wardrobe and, like, it was just their clothes. They that's just chill of them. They just wore. Yeah, I guess Jamie Lee Curtis's outfit. She went to J.C. Penny and bought it for a hundred bucks. Nice.
1: Yeah. Good job, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah.
0: Uh, so that's pretty much all I got to say about John Carpenter's Halloween. So, Vicki, how prepared are you for this film? How scary do you think it's going to be?
1: Uh, I don't know. Like, like medium.
0: M- medium scary.
1: Medium scary. Okay. Cause like. The Friday the Thirteenth, which admittedly spooked me, were not that spooky, and I have seen a John Carpenter movie. Mm-hmm. So I feel like between these two factors,
0: well, I, I definitely think that the Thing is scarier than Halloween. Some people might disagree with me, but I do think that the Thing is scarier. So
1: the Thing is pretty scary. Is that the first time? Fun story for you at home. The first time I watched The Thing, it was on a summer property with two cabins and we had to walk in the dark back to our cabin and I'd had my flashlight. I made Tom turn on a flashlight and I made Tom hold on to me the whole way and then I made him get up, check the inside of the cabin we were staying in and under the porch before I went in the house because I was so afraid. Yep. So hopefully this is not scarier than the thing. Or we're going to have a real time.
0: Yeah, no, it, it isn't. I don't think so anyways. I bet there's some people that would disagree because it depends on what scares you. Uh, personally, I'm, I'm freaked out by sort of like body snatching scenarios and like assimilation scenarios. Is that I, don't, the thing? I don't like that. Yeah, it spooks me. I, I'm, I'm such an individual. I can't bear to lose my individuality. Um,
1: well, how about we uh, we watch the thing and we can report to our listeners our our thoughts. We'll,
0: yeah, we'll do the thing eventually, but Wait, we're no. not we're not going to go Wrong watch movie. the thing right how now. How
1: about we watch Halloween and report that <laughs> to our listeners?
0: Yes, the special bonus Halloween episode featuring John Carpenter's The Thing. Uh, anyway, Wait, shut up. We're going to go watch Halloween now, and we'll be right back to report if it is scarier than the thing. Uh, We will see you on the other side, dear listeners. And, uh, yeah, that's all she wrote. Hey, everybody. This isn't part two. Not yet. This is part 1.5. I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsor for this week, uh, Jimmy's Butcher Knives. If you feel like getting your kill on, look no further than Jimmy's. Jimmy's Butcher Knives. If you use the uh, promo code SCAREDYCATS at Jimmy's Butcher Knives, then you will get... 50% 50% off a whole bucket of blood with your butcher knife purchase. Just kidding, this is not a sponsored episode, but maybe one day, Jimmy's Butcher Knives. No, this is a quick shout out to my brother and editor, Kyle sotvet for doing an awesome job editing this. We really wanted to get this out to you guys on Halloween. Um, and I know his schedule is very, very busy, and I'm, I'm sure he's going to be working very, very hard to get this out to you guys on such a short notice. So thank you, Kyle, also known as Ninja Kittens on YouTube and Spotify. Go check out his stuff if you like dance music. It's awesome. And it's real, real great soundtracks for killing people, too. Wink, wink. Enjoy part two, guys. <laughs> Trick or treat.
1: Mm, I want tricks.
0: You want tricks? Yes. You don't want treats. No. No? I'm
1: mixing it
0: up this Halloween. Wow. All right. I think you're the first person in a long time that I've heard be like, "Tricks, give me tricks."
1: I'm kidding. I would always prefer chocolate, preferably peanut butter
0: cups, but... Okay, okay. And I won't play any mean, nasty jokes on you. Please don't. So yeah, we just got back from trick-or-treating. It was a lot of fun. There were some kids uh, dressed up and there was a fellow walking around uh, killing some babysitters
1: who are terrible babysitters all of them
0: no lori's a great babysitter okay other than lori lori's an awesome babysitter yeah everybody else sucks well really only annie cuz annie's the only other babysitter realistically in the that's film
1: that's still
0: a 50% bad. okay all right yeah yeah so okay the the babysitters in this movie are medium if you take the average babysitting quality between those two characters the, the mean is
1: it the mean or the median
0: the the me, i don't know the average just the average. average. Yeah, let's just call it the average.
1: This is why I had to take high school math twice.
0: There you go. Uh, so. Yeah, so we just got finished watching uh, Halloween, and so now here is the part of the podcast where we are going to break it down piece by piece. So if you want to watch it, then please go do so. Uh, there's spoilers, but I mean, the movie's been out since 1978, so what you going to do, man?
1: It's like that interview with Martin Freeman where he said something about The Hobbit and the... The guy was like, oh, spoilers. And he was like, it's been out for literally 80 years, my man. I don't know what to tell you.
0: Yeah, like people have lived and died since the movie has come out. Like, yes, many,
1: many people have both lived and died yes. since the book.
0: Exactly. Um, although I suppose you could say that above most medium. People are babies all the time.
1: Okay, well like average lifespan human beings yes. like you could you could be born after the Hobbit comes out, live a good, filled life, have a great grandkid, and then die yes, so
0: uh, so I am going to do my best to break down this movie critically because, as we established, I just sort of have a, a platonic crush on John carpenter uh
1: don't worry that's what I'm here for,
0: and the, yeah, this movie's great, um but i'm going to try and look at it f- from a uh, analytical standpoint this time around instead of just like hell yeah like i normally do. So, Vicky, do you want to uh, take it away?
1: Yeah, so we we start with um the GoPro.
0: Uh before that, we get the uh pumpkin and the iconic oh. the iconic uh score uh composed by John Carpenter um actually, and we see the jack-o-lantern flickering and it's Supposedly, it looks like Michael Myers. It's supposed to look like Michael Myers close up holding a knife, but I've actually never seen it. They do a lot better of making it look like Michael Myers in the later movie, but in this one, I, I don't see it.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a triangle and a circle. Yeah. It's a triangle and a circle. You can make a triangle and a circle be anything you want in well, your dreams.
0: Not, not a rectangle. Can't make a... In your dreams. Oh, in, in our dreams. Right.
1: Maybe we're discussing non-Euclidean geometry, I don't know.
0: Okay, anyway.
1: Anyways, after the pumpkin, we have our GoPro. I know it's not a GoPro, don't write me angry emails. I just enjoy the look that Tom gives me whenever I call a point-of-view camera a GoPro.
0: You were doing so good last movie.
1: Love you. It's looking through a window at Michael's sister and her boyfriend.
0: Judith. Judith Myers. and she's a name. Yeah. It's on the tombstone. They, They say it like 18 times throughout the movie.
1: I thought that was talking about his mom.
0: No, no. Judith is his sister.
1: Okay. Anyways, Judith and the unnamed boyfriend are like, let's go get it on and then have the world's shortest sex.
0: Oh, yeah. It's, it's, It's super fast.
1: Like, by the time Michael walks back around the house, enters the house, grabs a knife and a clown mask, which is like 40 seconds of film... Boyfriend's already on the stairs putting his shirt on.
0: Oh, he's out of there before Michael even enters the house. Like, it's it's that fast, I think.
1: No, because cause it's all from Michael's point of view at the beginning. So you see... Michael in the doorway watching him go
0: down the stairs. Yeah, but he hasn't grabbed the knife yet, I don't think, he at does. that point. Okay, well, anyways. Because he goes through the kitchen first. All right, that's fine. So he, yeah. It's the world's
1: short of sex, yeah. is the point. It's
0: very short sex. So, he, yeah, he grabs a knife from out of the kitchen, and we can see that he's got a little, little kid hand, little kid kid arm, and he's really close to the ground. So he's clearly quite young. Um, in fact, I believe he is six is he six?
1: He's six. The Damn. doctor straight up is like, I met a six-year-old boy. Right,
0: right. Yeah, Loomis is like, six-year-old boy, super evil, it was badass. Uh, yeah, so he goes upstairs, and uh, he picks up a clown mask that's on the floor that was being worn by the boyfriend to scare Judith Myers, and he goes walking into his sister's room, and she's hairbrushing topless. Actually,
1: I think she's just naked.
0: I thought she was wearing underwear. She might just be naked.
1: Yeah. I don't know. She's... Barely dressed, if at all.
0: Anyway, naked hair brushing. Right on.
1: Yes. And then she's like, Oh, Michael! And then Michael murders her at exactly 10 p.m.
0: Yeah, starts starts stabbing her. And actually, weirdly, like, the camera, because once he puts on the mask, uh, we can only see through two holes, right? Because it's like the, they put the mask over the camera. Um... And weirdly, as he's like stabbing into her with the knife, the camera goes and looks at the arm. So it's like Michael is looking up at his arm while he's stabbing Judith, which is strange.
1: I don't know. I want to know what kind of supernatural strength a six-year-old has to stab someone to death so quickly, though.
0: But it's a pretty sharp knife, man. 86. You can... It's six. Yeah, but it's a pretty sharp knife, maybe. But six.
1: Oh. Anyways, the movie is set 15 years after this scene.
0: Yeah, he walks out of the house after killing uh, Judith, and we see the parents pull up, and they're just like Michael. And then we get this really awkward scene where they pull the mask off, and he's just this little kid sitting there, stunned with this bleeding knife, and everybody just stares at him and says nothing as the camera kind of pans away. And it's artistically, it's good, but like it makes no sense how the parents just like stare at him for what feels like. Twenty seconds as the camera slowly pans away, and then yeah, and then we skip forward
1: fifteen years. Fifteen
0: years to the
1: doctor in a car with a nurse.
0: She's a like prostitute. I, I'm unclear. No, what no, the no, no, is. no, 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 no. She's she's in she's a nurse. Um, her name is Marion Chambers. You're right. Uh, yeah, she is a. She works at. She, she's new at the sanitarium. I guess at Smith Smith Grove Sanitarium.
1: She at. The, I thought she was just visiting.
0: Was she just visiting? I, I don't know what she does. I, I, actually, I do know what she does. She smokes a lot. Yes. Because we see her smoking in the car, and then she throws an empty carton onto like a pile of other empty cartons. Yes. Uh, and we get some expedi- exposition from uh, Dr. Loomis, Dr. S- Loomis uh, who is Michael's psychiatrist um, at the sanitarium for these last uh, long years. And he keeps calling Michael it. And she goes, couldn't we just call him, uh, or call him him? And Loomis is like, if you like.
1: It is sort of a weird response.
0: Straight up, though, I love Loomis. Loomis is great.
1: Every time Loomis is on screen, I immediately am I'm like, no, don't kill him. <laughs> I like him. Um, but anyways, so there's there's a bunch of inmates wandering around when they get there, and they're like, that's weird. And That's weird
0: because like, it's nighttime and pouring rain. Yeah,
1: and he's like stay in the car and he gets out of the car. And then he does the thing that I hate, which is that he could very easily in 10 seconds go stay in the car and lock the doors. I'm going to check it out cuz clearly something weird is going on and I'm concerned that Michael might have escaped. But what something he says is fishy. But what he says is stay in the car and just leaves. And not explaining things to people that takes 15 seconds is the fastest way to get them killed in horror movies, in war, it doesn't matter, just tell people shit.
0: Well, you know, Loomis tends to only want to talk about Michael when he's able to wax poetic, and maybe he just couldn't think of anything at the time, so he was just like, yeah, just stay in the car.
1: He couldn't think of, shit's fucked, stay in the car, lock the doors.
0: No, 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 because that's very, no, he's always like... He's got the devil's eyes. And it's, like it's, a, it's very Dante's Inferno with him when he's talking about Michael.
1: Anyways, Michael jumps on top of the car.
0: Yeah, he like scrambles up on the car in kind of another weird shot, but it's, it's pretty freaky.
1: And then the nurse, for some reason, opens the window.
0: Yeah, to try and shout out at Loomis to be like, "What's going on?" Because she doesn't see Michael scramble up onto the car. She doesn't know this. How by do you
1: not hear somebody scramble onto your car? I don't How know. do you not feel that?
0: Well, we could hear it because John Carpenter's score was like Wree! when he like climbed up on the car, so we could hear it.
1: Yeah, but you could hear that if somebody climbed on your car, and you would feel that the car know. would move.
0: It was pouring rain, lightning the storm. The car would move. All right. Anyway, she she rolls down the window uh, and starts shouting at him and Michael grabs at her and she ends up getting out of his grasp and hiding against the other side of the car and he reaches down and he smashes the window and she in a panicked state climbs out of the car. Uh, after driving around for a bit, I think.
1: Accidentally. She's fighting yeah. him off, and her feet are like touching pedals. Yeah, and she's
0: stuff. like touching pedals and stuff. Um, and so she gets out of the car, and Michael just jumps off the roof, gets in the car, and fucking drives away. And this is a, ma- a matter of quite intense debate amongst uh, people that like studying and analyzing this film. Because, and there's a throwaway line that kind of lazily explains it later. But why is Michael Myers driving? He was institutionalized at six years old. How does he know how to drive? Not only drive, but obey traffic laws, as we will see later.
1: Maybe it's like that 13-year-old who taught himself to drive on YouTube so he could go get him and his sister McDonald's.
0: Yeah, maybe. But, like, he drives well is the thing. Anyway, so he drives off and uh, Loomis... Um, and leaves Loomis and the nurse uh, just kind of, like, standing in the rain as he as he buggers off.
1: Yes. Um, and then we go to... Lori? Yep. Is it Lori or Annie who's talking to the kid? It's Lori.
0: It's Lori, yeah. Um It's Jamie Lee Curtis. Right.
1: And then it's the present day and then like walk around and then the kid who's not named Anthony, which is all my brain Tommy. Thinks, so thank you. Um is like, don't go to that house. Something horrible happened there.
0: Yeah, Lori's dad is a realtor and asks her to drop off some keys because I guess he's trying to sell the old Myers house. And the old Myers house, since it's the site of this murder 15 years ago, uh, has become kind of an urban legend in um, Haddonfield. So, uh, but we learned that Lori is Tommy's babysitter and that she's going to be babysitting him tonight, which is Halloween night. Um, And she promises all the great things they're going to do together, drops off the keys. And as she's walking away, we see that Michael is watching her from a window. Yes. Staring out at her.
1: And she doesn't notice him yet.
0: No, she doesn't see him yet. Yes.
1: Um, And then then Tommy gives some, like, random exposition.
0: Yeah, yeah, he talks a little bit about the the history of the place. And then I think after that, we go back to Smith's, uh, Smith Groves. Where um Dr. Loomis is explaining to another doctor uh about how like they they needed to be on high alert and of course uh none of the traffic stops and stuff they put out to try and stop them all failed and blah blah and we we start to get. This sense at this point that Doctor Loomis thinks that Michael Myers is the devil incarnate and is like an unstoppable force of destructive apocalyptic nature.
1: Yes, Loomis is also a dick and parked in the handicap spot.
0: He is, and as he drives off, is when he go, when he's like, you know, how did he get a car? And then Loomis is like, somebody must have been giving him driving lessons, and then gets in the gets in the car and drives away. And I'm like, I squint. Okay, all right, fine. <laughs>
1: Um, <laughs> then we go back to Lori, who's in class. And then we have another weird expositionary piece where it's like, please tell me what these philosophers were talking about. And she's like, well, this philosopher thinks that fate is a product of what you create. And this philosopher says that fate never changes and it's inevitable because and apparently fate is like war and fallout it's, or something. It's because
0: of religion.
1: Well, yeah. the point is, it's it's a slightly heavy-handed way yeah. to reinforce the idea that all the characters but, are going to die regardless of right. what they do.
0: But she's looking out the window as in, in class, and she sees Michael now standing in the schoolyard. Uh, and we get the sense that since Michael saw her come up to his house, he's just going to start following her around now. Um, and she sees him standing there, and then when she looks back, I believe he's gone. And then we see Tommy briefly at school, um, and he's getting bullied by these kids that are all poking at him and telling him the boogeyman's gonna get him. Uh, And He ends up tripping and falling, and he's carrying a pumpkin, and he breaks the pumpkin on the ground. And then one of the bully kids uh, goes running away and straight up runs into Michael Myers, who stops him, and the kid just looks up at him kind of petrified and then runs away. And that kid has no idea how lucky he is Mm -hmm. to have escaped. Um, one thing this movie does a lot, which I really liked, is a lot of really long takes where you can kind of logically track where everybody is. Like, this movie's really, really good at giving you the layout of the town. Like, I was never confused as to where characters were in relation to one another. Um, by the end of the movie, you you know pretty much the whole layout of, it. at least the street that the... Two homes are on.
1: Well, you know, when you only have $375,000, you can only afford
0: a couple locations. Two sets, so. yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, but then Lori and Annie and I don't know, what's her, what's her name? Uh, Linda. Linda are walking home
0: mm-hmm.
1: after school saying totally an obscene number of times.
0: That's, that's Linda's thing. Linda says totally a. Uh, an insane amount of times in the... She she gets the least amount of screen time between Annie, Laurie, and herself. She gets the least amount of screen time and just says to, totally so many times, just packs all of her dialogue with it. Yes. Uh, it at least makes her identifiable.
1: Yes. Um, the friendship between these three girls is very aggressive.
0: Yeah, they're, it's very, like, hormone-charged, too. <laughs> like
1: It's not even hormonal. It's just aggressive. It's like... I don't know. It, to me, was, like... The two popular girls who have the friend who they pick on who isn't really their friend.
0: Well, you get the sense at least maybe Linda's that way, but I think Annie and Lori are tight. But, uh, yeah. her like three times in the first five minutes. Yeah, but it's in like a friendly kind no, of jab-jab like, way. No, it's not. All right, well, my friendships are different than yours. Yeah, because you're a boy. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, but, yeah, and Lori remarks that none of the boys want to date her because she's the smart girl. Uh, yes. But then we see Loomis, and he's driving to Haddonfield because he's sure that that's where Michael's going to go. Um, and he pulls off on the side of the road because there's a truck that is there. Um, and he walks up to it and sees that whoever owns the truck is gone. Uh, and he walks away, and we see the body uh, in the in the grass. And he's not wearing his, like, mechanics uniform And so that's where Michael got his mechanics uniform. The movie actually does an interesting thing where we see Michael kitted out in his mask and his mechanics uniform and, like, good to go. And then in later scenes, people explain how he got the stuff. Yeah. Instead of the other way around.
1: Do you know something I want to know? Hmm. Why nobody wants to listen to the psychiatrist who's been treating... Somebody for 15 years who murdered their sister when he was six. Nobody wants to listen to the man dealing with this individual for 15 years. He does
0: sound a little crazy when he talks about it, if you listen to him. So I can see why people would be like, yeah, okay, you've got the world's most dangerous six-year-old grown-up. Okay, buddy. Uh, But I still love him, so. Yes.
1: Anyways, Michael comes driving down the street. The three girls are on it.
0: Yeah, he, again, perfectly is driving. Uh, and I guess he's moving fast? I don't know, he didn't seem to be moving fast. But Annie screams at him, Hey, speed kills! And Michael just slams on his brakes and then sits there for a second and then drives away. Um, and I think by this point, Lori's starting to realize that it's the same guy she keeps seeing around that's been, like, watching her from yeah. distances.
1: She's starting to get anxious She's starting to get spooked. Uh,
0: yeah, and then... Yeah, he ends up standing behind a bush and he's staring at them when uh, after Linda leaves and it's just her and Annie walking, um, and she sends Annie to go look because there's a guy hiding behind the bush and she goes and looks and goes, Nah, he's not there's nobody here," and and I believe like teases her that he wants to take her out on a date, etc. Uh, and then Laurie straight up just like in a, the first jump scare of the film, I think, uh, runs into the sheriff who I guess couldn't be bothered to say. Hey, don't don't walk into me. I, I'm here because, yeah. Maybe he was texting. Maybe he was texting in the seventies. That would be interesting.
1: I don't know. He's he's talented. Yeah. Anyways, we we go back to Loomis, who's with some dude, and they're like, hmm, this here graveyard, and then they're like, hmm. This
0: here Myers headstone is not here. Yeah, he, uh, Dr. Loomis asked to be taken a Judith Myers headstone. Uh, and while they're walking through the graveyard, the guy he's with, who I guess is the graveyard tender or something like that, starts talking about this other murder case in a town, the town over. And that sound, it sounds so interesting. He's like, oh, yeah, the husband uh, sat down to dinner, ate his dinner, uh, excused himself from the table. Went into the garage, grabbed a hacksaw, uh, came back into the house, kissed his uh, wife and kids, and told them that he loved them. And then, and then just before he says what happens, uh, Loomis is like, great, Scott, the tombstone is missing. And we never get to find out about the hacksaw murders. Presumably, they were murders anyway. Don't know.
1: Or he killed himself with a hacksaw. I don't yeah, know. who knows? There's a hacksaw. Somebody clearly dies. It's a time. Interesting. Anyways, um, uh, Annie picks up Lori. Um and Don't Fear the Reaper is playing on
0: the radio? While they're smoking a doobie and while Michael is tailing them. It's pretty cool, actually.
1: Yes. And then um they see the sheriff who is also Annie's dad. Yep. Um and Annie's like, get rid of the joint. As if the whole car will not smell grotesquely of marijuana. But
0: again, in a later scene, Lori's paranoid and like, oh, he definitely smelt it. Oh, my gosh. And then he's like, don't worry about it. So I feel like like the driving thing, they wrote it and then realized that they needed to, like, explain it away in a later scene instead of going back and fixing it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so he's standing outside of a hardware store with the alarm going off, and he reports to the two girls that there was a break-in, and the only thing that was stolen was a Halloween mask, a knife, and some rope. That's it. Yes. And so Michael has a very specific shopping list. Yeah. Mask,
1: rope, knife, everything
0: you need for murder. Uh, And then I believe... I don't think we have to really talk too much about what goes on before the night. Uh, it's a lot of Laurie seeing Michael around. She sees him standing in the yard out where there's, like, laundry drying. Uh, they He drives around a bunch. Oh, there is one scene where Loomis uh, arrives in Haddonfield and first meets the sheriff. And while he has his back turned, Michael drives past him in the car that he's looking for. And if he had just turned his head... Then he would have seen Michael driving past and none of this would have happened.
1: Yes. um,
0: But yeah, not a lot actually happens. It's mostly just uh, tension building. Uh, Lori's seeing Michael around more and more and more. And then nighttime happens.
1: Yes, and there the girls get to their respective babysitting jobs. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Loomis and the sheriff go to check out the old Myers house. And there's apparently just like a dead dog. And he's like... Michael must have gotten hungry. And then, bizarrely, the sheriff is like, could have just been a skunk. What skunks live in Haddonfield that they are eating dogs? This doesn't happen.
0: Skunks live in Haddonfield that they're eating dogs?
1: Because there's a dead, half-eaten dog. Yeah. And he's like, Michael must have gotten hungry. And the guy's like, no, it's a skunk.
0: Monster skunks. Giant skunks everywhere.
1: Eating dogs?
0: I don't know. They're not. No, I don't think he's... He's not saying, like, the skunk killed the dog. I think he's saying that the dog corpse could be a skunk.
1: Oh, you know what? That makes a lot more sense. I
0: was really... I was struggling to track what you were trying to lay down, to be honest with you. I'm like... What? There's giant skunks eating dogs in this movie? Well, how did I miss see why that?
1: I was confused.
0: No, I don't actually see how you made that mistake, but I'm glad you did. Um, well, that's rude. So yeah, we. we Anyways, Lucas
1: is like, I'm just gonna wait here for Michael. He'll come home. And my next note was, you're gonna die. That's what you're gonna do. Which he did not. He but not. I was fully expecting nope. the sheriff to like walk away and Michael to be like, stab stab surprise
0: stab. Um, so yeah, the Lori settles in babysitting Tommy. Uh, Annie... and has
1: the strangest named superhero collection of comics.
0: Oh yeah, do you have any of those written down? Laser Boy. Laser Boy.
1: Uh, Nucle- Nucleus Boy?
0: Uh, n- yeah, Nucleus, Nucleus Boy. And then Tarantula Man.
1: Right, it's like,
0: you <laughs> named these. Well, they, they, they were probably like Spider-Man, but safe knockoff kind of thing. Uh, so... Yeah, Annie is babysitting Lindsay Wallace, who lives across the street from Tommy, where Lori is babysitting. So the two of them are babysitting two different kids on either side of the street. And we learn that the the plan is that Annie is going to deposit Lindsay off with Lori and Tommy so she can go to be with her boyfriend, Paul, and Linda and her boyfriend, Bob, will go to the house of Lindsay's, Lindsay's house, and in their parents' room. It, it this is like their level of
1: unnecessary complication.
0: But also, who goes to have sex in someone else's house? In it, 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 it's very weird. Don't get uh, shame, Thomas. All uh, right, yeah. I, I mean, if you're, if you're into that, <laughs> as long as as long as it's not in my house. Um, So we learn that this is the plan. Um, Unfortunately, Annie ends up spilling some butter on her clothes,
1: and immediately strips fully naked in the kitchen, except for her knee-high socks because those are still sexy. Yes. Um, because horror movies just really be loving their naked girls. And then she gets a a shirt out of the hamper and just just, like
0: throws it on, puts
1: a shirt on without Mm. buttoning it up. Nope. And then just walks through the yard in her shirt and knee-high socks. To the laundry, which is apparently in a separate
0: Yeah, it's like in their It's like in a small, like, side house Yeah
1: I don't know It's
0: weird It is weird Uh, But she goes and she puts the laundry on uh, And gets caught in the window Because the door has a habit of locking, I guess uh, On its its own And so she needs to try and climb out the window But she gets caught Uh, And then her boyfriend Paul calls And Lindsay, the little girl, who's sitting on the on the couch watching uh, uh, The Thing from Another World Uh, and she just like Lindsay has not given a shit about a single thing that has gone on in this movie she's been so enveloped in this movie Uh, but she picks up the phone and Paul asks uh, her to go find uh, Annie and she goes out and and helps Annie get free from the window and the two of them go back in the house
1: yes and then
0: Uh, and again throughout all these scenes like there's a lot of build up before things actually start kind of uh, happening and Throughout all these scenes, you see Michael in the background, or he's walking around, so his presence is still known.
1: Yes, and then uh, Annie takes Lindsay over across the street, still wearing just not her shirt and knee-high socks, which is very bold. She to just saunter through the street. She
0: throws on a blanket.
1: Not really. She puts it on her shoulder. She's not wearing it. It's not she's covering got, anything. She's got a poncho. Um, and then she shows up, and she's like, "So Lori, I made some phone calls. To that boy you like Right Ben Tramer
0: Ben Tramer but they refer
1: to exclusively as Ben Tramer And never as Ben Like he's some sort of cryptid Like well, the Mothman
0: I, I know some people that you refer to them By their first and last name for some reason Like that's just But never every time I've, I've known kids that like That's just been who they are Like who? Ah uh, I grew up I grew up with a lot of Joshes, so you had to call them by Josh and their last name, or else nobody would know which Josh you were talking about.
1: Yeah, but you do that once. You're like...
0: I don't know. Maybe there's a bajillion Ben's at school. Maybe that's why they have to use Ben Tramer's last name.
1: Every time. Like a cryptid.
0: I'm just offering an explanation. I knew a lot of Joshes. None of them were cryptids. That you know of. Not that I know of. Got blurry photographs of them. Um... Anyway, yeah, so she says that she went and called on Lori's behalf because they, she learned earlier that Lori's got a crush on this guy uh, and is like, ooh, Lori likes you. You guys should go to the dance together. And Lori's like, no, Annie, you didn't.
1: Yes, it's very dramatic. And Annie totally teenagers. did. Teenagers. Anyways, Lindsay returned. No, who's Lindsay? Annie returns to the house. Um,
0: Annie goes back to the house uh, because now she's going to go pick Paul up. Um, But Paul never gets picked up, because she gets in the car after walking around the house a lot.
1: Oh, but before that, she she goes to the car first, and it's locked. And she's like, right, I need the keys. And then she goes and walks around the house a lot. And then she comes back and opens the car door, and then she's like, huh, wasn't that just locked?
0: Right, it's unlocked now, and there's fog on the windshield.
1: Right, and it's unlocked because... There's a Michael in it.
0: Yeah. So he, after she kind of like is like, weird, why is it steamy in here? Michael's like, it's steamy because of I. And uh, leans forward and starts strangling her. Yes. And then uh, finishes her off, I think, with a throat
1: slit. Well, he definitely stabs her, but I thought it was actually really cool in this bit because there's no blood visible. You just kind of see her head slowly slumming down the window, but the lighting gets progressively more... Red as it unfocuses yeah. because of
0: the upholstery in the car. You know, to this movie's credit, it's not super gory. Not not really. Like, e- like yes, there's stabbing. Practical effects are expensive. And there's sound effects, but there's not a ton of blood. Because practical effects are expensive. Yeah, and this movie wasn't made for very much. Um, um, so and yeah, was, that's the end, of, it's the end of Annie, and uh, poor Paul is never getting a ride.
1: Or the sex that he was promised. Poor Paul. Poor Paul. He's the real
0: victim here. He's
1: not. <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: um,
1: anyways, we cut back to the other house, and Tommy watches Michael carry Annie's body into the house. Yeah, and
0: the poor, this poor kid, the entire movie, Tommy has keeps seeing Michael and is like, it's the boogeyman. And then the moment Lori goes to look out, she's like, Michael's gone. And she's like, stop, stop saying stuff like that, Tommy. And Tommy's like, no, I actually honestly saw this guy carrying this corpse. Of course, he doesn't say, like, oh, he went inside the house. He just is like, okay, yeah, maybe I didn't see. Yes. And then then we see Loomis being a dick to kids, and it's great. Uh, So he's right now staked staked out at the old Myers house, because that's where he assumes Michael's going to be – well, that's where he's he's sure that Michael's been staying. Um, And these kids, clearly it's part of a Halloween tradition, go up to do, like, a knock on the door on the Myers house sort of thing. And one of the kids goes up there, and Loomis is like – in the bushes hiding and like angrily whispers, Get your ass away from there like in like an ominous voice to scare the kids away. And I'm just like, Who is this psychiatrist man crouched in the bushes whispering ominously at children? To be fair I love him.
1: To be fair, he does think that a crazy murder man is going to come any moment and murder. He them.
0: just goes about everything he does, very unorthodox and I love it.
1: Yes. Um it's yeah. at this point that I began to wonder if they compensate for the lack of it being fall with the decoration in the house because all of the decor inside all of the houses is very heavily orange, red, or yellow.
0: Yeah. And it's there's very
1: fall tones.
0: And there's jack o' lanterns everywhere.
1: Well, yeah, because it's Halloween. But I was just wondering if it's like maybe if we put enough fall colors into the inside of the houses. Yeah.
0: Well, I was telling Vicki that uh, because. When they filmed it, it wasn't actually the fall. So all the leaves and stuff are green on all the trees. And they actually had to paint leaves fall colors and scatter them around. And I'm sure it was some poor intern's job to gather up all the leaves again and then move them to the next scene. It's can pretty you, great.
1: Can you imagine that on your resume? Oh, I see here you worked on uh, John Carpenter's Halloween. Can you tell me what I, what you did? I uh, picked up leaves.
0: I was the leaf wrangler. <laughs> That's what they called me. Uh, but anyways, yeah. Jack Lanterns everywhere, and where it is most egregious is in the scene, in this part of the movie where now uh, Linda and Bob. her and Bob go to, um, I guess Lindsay's. House? Yeah, yeah, go to the Waller's house uh, where Annie is now dead uh, somewhere in the house. Uh, and because they were going there to have sex. That was the big agreement, right? And so they go up to the uh, bedroom. They start banging it out. And there's a freaking jack-o'-lantern on their side table. like That's lit. It
1: that's, has a candle that's, that's lit, lit in it.
0: Like, who does that? Those
1: guys. But, Again, don't kink shame.
0: Uh, okay, these people are into some stuff, man. Don't um, kink shame, Thomas. But anyways, they also have the world's the shortest sex.
1: Well, it's weird. They have... The, they have half of the world short of six, and then the phone rings and he like dramatically rolls off her, and he's like I can't focus. With the, with I'll just the, take the phone off the hook.
0: Okay I can focus again let's go. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then they have like 12 more seconds of sex yeah. and then they're like "Oh, that was so good. And
0: while like, the, and while they're having sex we see Michael's shadow over them moving back and forth and then they, they finish up and then Bob's gonna go get another beer and um And Linda says, oh, yeah, get me a beer, too.
1: Yes. And I want to point out, Bob puts on more clothes to go down to the kitchen to get a couple of beers than Annie did to run across the yard, put her laundry on, run back across the yard a couple more times, run across the street and then back across the street.
0: It's because nobody wants to see Bob naked.
1: Certainly the paying American public did not.
0: No. Goodness, no. Um, So he goes downstairs and he grabs a beer and he notices, I think, the door is open. Uh, And then he opens up a closet because I think he hears a noise and Michael comes charging out of the closet, grabs him by the throat, lifts him up against the wall and then takes his big ass like knife and pins Bob to the wall like wall is a fucking painting. And it's awesome.
1: I just want to point out that Michael Myers is so good at stabbing people that they die instantly in one stab somehow miraculously.
0: And stay aloft because he pins him to the wall and then takes a step back and then he stares at Bob for a while, and he tilts his head back and forth, almost like he's kind of like assessing how well he did. He's like, mm, I don't know,
1: it's a little crooked there, man. Just gotta straighten, get yeah. it level.
0: Like again, Bob's just becomes a painting in that moment. Michael makes him a beautiful painting, um, and then we go back upstairs, and Linda is in bed, um, and Bob reappears, quote unquote, Bob, uh, wearing a sheet over his head with his glasses.
1: It's really just
0: Michael wearing a sheet. It's just it's just Michael wearing a sheet. And I was telling Vicky this while we were watching it. When I was a teenager, I once went for Halloween as Michael Myers under a bed sheet with glasses over him. And it was so obscure that nobody got it, mostly because I was an eight-year-old child. But... Killing it. Thank you. I, I didn't actually kill anybody.
1: I'm glad. We would be having a very different relationship. Yeah. I was trying to say relationship, romance, and conversation in the same word, and none of those came out.
0: Relatiamancation. Yeah. I, I wasn't
1: even trying to combine them. My brain was just like, any of these three words will do. <laughs> and then my tongue got them all at the same time. Oh, man. It was bad. Um, anyways.
0: So she's she's talking to who she thinks is Bob, and she's like, see anything you like, and flashes him. And Michael does not like. And then she's like, can I get your ghost, Bob? And Michael doesn't find that funny either. And so she finally gets frustrated with who she still thinks is Bob, and decides that she's gonna call Lori. Right.
1: And so Lori picks up the phone just as Michael comes up and starts strangling uh, good old uh, Linda. Linda.
0: With the phone cord.
1: And then Lori is like, why are you just making screaming noises into
0: the phone? That's well, she not normal. Yeah, she assumes at first it's a prank, but I think as it goes on, she starts to realize, like, oh, are you okay? What's what's going on? And then, yes, uh, so that's how Linda meets her end. Um, and then next, we I think Lori goes and checks on the kids, and they're in sleep in bed by now, um, and so she decides she's going to go across the road to check on... Uh, check on Linda because that was a weird phone call
1: yeah and so she goes in and the house is dark and she's like hmm that's weird and she goes upstairs and then finds Linda and the missing headstone
0: yes so Linda's like splayed out on the bed all Jesus style dressed uh dressed yeah with Judas head headstone on the bed and she runs into that and is screaming. And then Bob drops from the ceiling, and she screams. And then she op- and then she backs up into a cabinet, and it swings open, and there's Annie dead in there. And Lori's just having a bad night, y'all.
1: But do you know what? She is like the first person to reasonably respond to finding bodies. It's not just like, oh no. Oh, I better get out. It's like actual. Panic!
0: Oh, she screams. There's a reason she's called the Scream Queen. She screams. Uh, And she goes out into the hall, and she's freaking out, obviously. And we see Michael slowly appear in the doorway behind her. And he takes a swing at her with his knife, but uh, misses and just only manages to graze her. Uh, And she cuts, cuts her arm, but it's enough to spook her that she falls over the side of the banister and down the stairs in what looks like a very painful fall.
1: Actually, she falls almost exactly the same way that somebody was murdered on an episode of Forensic Files.
0: Oh, yes, that's true.
1: The the old lady who's murdered by her son because he wants her money.
0: Yes, it's weird that I remember that considering there's, like, a million Forensic Files episodes. (laughs) It's
1: because we've watched them all, Uh,
0: babe. So anyway, uh, now we begin our final girl circuit with uh, Lori sprinting away and Michael starts to walk after her. Um, And we see Lori run to Annie's... Or the... Yeah. The the, kitchen. Well, she runs to the kitchen.
1: Well, she has to run to the kitchen, and then all the doors have been locked.
0: Right, and there's a rake jammed up against one door to keep it closed.
1: Right, so she just barely manages to break the glass and move the rake and see.
0: Yeah, just as Michael kicks down the door to get to her. And she runs to the neighbor's house, and she starts screaming and pounding on the door, and the lights go on, and the neighbors open up the blinds. And then the neighbors just, like... Close the blinds. Close the blinds and turn the lights off. And I'm like, oh, my God.
1: Yeah, that's kind of rude. Um, so she runs back across to Tommy's house.
0: Kitty, what's her face much? Jin. Gen- Gen- Genevieve Genevieve's, Gen- Kitty Genovese I believe I believe it's Kitty Genovese Except that's been debunked. Totally But those people Would have totally been Those fucking people
1: If it had happened that way Those people would have been
0: Would have been those fucking people Right uh, But anyways so And then she runs back To uh, Tommy's house
1: Yes And
0: um, And she starts screaming For the kids to open the door Because the door's locked And then she Pretty smartly a Yeah With a, probably a surprising amount Of upper body strength That was not a tiny pot Uh, Manages to like Especially since she was cut in the arm She manages to like Yeet it up Into the window Where it breaks apart And then a very sleepy Tommy Awakens and is like Yeah yeah I'm coming (laughs) And Michael's slowly walking Across the street With his knife at her At this point She's just freaking out
1: Yes uh, But Tommy does manage To get the door open Before he gets there And he's like What's going on And she's like Go
0: upstairs Lock the door Just Again Lori's a good babysitter
1: yeah, her priority for the, the whole rest of this movie is to make sure the kids are safe.
0: Yeah, Lori's a great babysitter.
1: I hope she got a bonus.
0: I imagine she didn't. I bet she didn't get paid at all. That's <laughs> Well, if you, if you just consider the trauma of it all. I bet the parents were like showing up to her hospital room afterwards and like, so by the way, I guess we owe you like a hundred bucks. Here you go.
1: <laughs> I hope so. Anyways, um, she grabs a knitting needle from her earlier knitting. Right. Um, and then when Michael shows up, she stabs him in the neck.
0: Yeah, she freaking stabs him. Uh, Good job. Yeah, because he, he goes to stab at her and misses and stabs the couch. For some reason, he just cannot stab Lori. Uh, and she manages to get him with a knitting needle, and he falls down on the dead, on the ground, for like... On the dead. On the dead. Not the dead. For our first fake-out of, like, three in this movie.
1: Yes, and then she runs upstairs to the, to the children, and she's like, Okay, we're going to go for a walk. It's going to be fine. And Tommy's like, was it the boogeyman? She's like, no, I killed the boogeyman. And then Michael appears on the stairs. Michael
0: behind. goes, who'd you kill? And it sure wasn't me. And they're like, oh, no.
1: Um, <laughs> and so Lori like, shoves the kids back in their bedroom.
0: Locks the door.
1: Yeah, and um, runs into the other...
0: Room. room, yeah, and she tries to make it look like she climbed out a window. She opens up the window and then she hides in the closet. Hoping and then that-
1: she actually ties the door knobs together. Yeah,
0: smart, smart move.
1: Flora is actually very smart and methodical under duress.
0: Well, she's established early in the movie to be like a good student, and people don't like her because she's smart and yeah. Yeah.
1: Anyways, uh, Michael. Starts breaking down the closet door. Yes, she
0: does not fall for her, her trick. It fails.
1: Um, and she grabs a hanger and starts untwisting it.
0: And I wrote down here, Lori proves bird demic correct when it claims coat hangers are effective weapons. Because she twists up that coat hanger, and then when Michael comes for her, fucking stabs him in the eye with it.
1: I mean, to be fair, I think getting stabbed by anything in the eye. Hurts.
0: Totally, totally. I poke like,
1: myself in the eye when I'm, like, trying to brush my teeth and I can't see.
0: Yes, but... It, it, Specifically, in the movie Burdenick, they are using coat hangers to try and fight these, and it's, it's stupid and absurd, but then here's Laurie stabbing Michael freaking Myers with a coat hanger, and Wait, suddenly you, it's awesome. are
1: you implying they're trying to stab birds with coat hangers? That
0: happens in the movie, yes.
1: Okay, see, that is not an effective
0: weapon strategy. Well, I mean, but I'm saying that, like, comparatively, some birds and Michael freaking Myers, who's more likely to be taken down by a coat hanger. I but, guess Michael Myers, because... But it's because- <laughs> easier
1: to stab somebody in the eye than it is to skewer a whole-ass bird.
0: Anyway, it's impressive, is all I'm saying. MacGyver would be proud. And so, we get our second fake out of the movie. No, not
1: quite, because he's, like, flopping around and drops the knife, and right. then she grabs
0: it and stabs and him. she stabs him twice, and, yeah, he falls to the ground. One thing I don't like about what Laurie's doing is every single time she gets the knife, she... Just drops it. She just, she, drop she it just dro- she drops it immediately beside him, assuming that he's dead. I would keep that shit on me.
1: Yeah. Um... And then she goes to get the kids again, and she's like, "Go run to the McKenzie house and call the cops."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm not going with you for some reason.
0: Um, I'm yeah, that was like, that was weird. I I think it's more just like she's traumatized, not thinking straight,
1: or she's wounded, mate. Because like she has been like yeah, falling down the stairs. She kind of sucks, and so. she's and
0: the entire after falling down the stairs for the entire running away from Michael, she's limping quite badly. Yeah, uh, and after like. I don't know the acrobatics of jumping up to try and stab him and cramming herself in the closet and stuff like I don't imagine she's in the best way
1: that's true so but uh, Loomis is walking by just as the kids run screaming out of the house
0: and I love that scene just these kids running out of the house screaming and Loomis being like ah yes there you are and goes in it's such a good scene I love it
1: yes and then Michael gets up and starts strangling starts strangling Laurie yeah And then uh,
0: Loomis shows up and shoots him. Yep, shoots him. Five whole times. Yeah, shoots him once, and then he lets go and stumbles away, and then he walks into the bedroom and just unloads. And Michael ends up stumbling backwards, uh, out onto a porch, and then over this banister and into the backyard. And we hear a thump, and he looks out, and there's Michael splayed out on the lawn, uh, apparently dead. For the third time. For the third time. And... As he's standing there looking, he goes to check on Laurie, and Laurie asks him, was that the boogeyman? And Loomis responds, as a matter of fact, it was.
1: And then he looks out the window, and Michael's not
0: there. Michael's gone, setting up a sequel. And then we get a shot of Loomis being like, of course, he's not dead. And then we revisit almost every location that we've seen in the movie Where it just kind of pans around and it shows all these places, and we hear Michael's breathing, and it just gets louder and louder and louder as we pan to all these locations that we've been to. And then the movie. And then the movie
1: ends. And I was so mad. I was like, "That's it. That's it." And I was upset.
0: To be fair, they this time around they knew they were going to be doing a sequel, right? So like, it's not like Friday the Thirteenth stupid whack ending for part two. Well, I guess they probably knew they were doing a sequel for that one as well. But that ending, that ending is whack. Whereas the Halloween, it's clearly setting up the second one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, anyways, so yeah, that's that's Halloween. Um, so now is the part where we are going to break down ratings to discuss how it is that we liked it, if uh, how well made we thought it was, and how spooky it was. So, Vicky, how much did you, or uh, how well made was this film on a scale of one to ten?
1: Considering the budget, specifically. I would give it probably an eight mm-hmm. this is in consideration of the budget because if, if we weren't considering the budget I'd probably give it like a six give sure. it a five but it comes up with clever ways not to show you you know things that do need expensive practical effects, like, okay, I'm going to have a little clown mask on because mm-hmm. it's from my point of view, or I'm going to slump over in the car, yeah. and you're going to turn red, that kind of thing. So I thought it did a good job with what it mm-hmm. had in creating that tension. Mm.
0: And it's also good to bear in mind with this movie that even though it wasn't the first slasher film that goes to Psycho, uh, it, it really propelled the slasher genre into the next kind of generation of films. So a lot of tropes that you might see in it, it made. Like, it was the first movie to do them.
1: I didn't think it was trophy.
0: No, 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 no. But I'm just like, for people out there that might watch it and be like, oh, it was just like straight out of the box horror film. You have to keep in mind that this was like the first movie to do any of that. Right. So, so
1: scale of one to 10, how well made do you think it
0: was? I am going to give it a nine because just the cinematography and uh, the original score is so good. Even if it does get a little bit repetitive at times, uh, it's used perfect scenes to kind of elevate the tension and I just love all those long takes and all the long shots and the acting is quite good uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is amazing I freaking love Loomis
1: do you know Jamie Lee Curtis is technically a baroness really yeah she married a baron well then yeah she saw him acting in the Spinal Tap movie and was like I'm gonna marry that guy and married him like six months later and has been married to him for like 40 years and damn a
0: baron. Jamie Lee Curtis shit yeah Good job, girl.
1: Yeah, she's she's been married f- for like thirty
0: nine years. That's spectacular. Uh yeah, so I'm giving it a solid nine. I think it's well made. Um so Vicky, scale of one to ten, how much did you enjoy the movie? I
1: guess six. It was six. It was well acted, it was interesting. I found there was a lot of build. I don't know. I'm not a super huge fan of build just infinitely.
0: No. No. Yeah. That's yeah, fair. Six. Um I am I'm, I'm going off of this viewing which is probably like my third, like yeah 14th time I've seen it but um Keep a problem It's a good movie. Uh I I really in- enjoyed it. I especially enjoyed sitting down to analyze it purposefully instead of just sitting to view it to really try and like pick it apart. I really really enjoyed that and it, it enabled me to appreciate more of the subtle things they did to kind of elevate the whole experience. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to give it an 8, I think. Okay. Uh, I I love this movie. I know you do. Um, All right, so then our last rating is, how spooky was it on a a scale of 1 to 10? How scary was Halloween? 3. A 3? Wow! That is less than Friday the 13th Part 2! It's because
1: Friday the 13th... I don't know if it's because there were more people who died, so I was more stressed the whole time, because I knew that there was, like, more... Or he did I don't know if it was that or if it was just there was so much
0: build or like but like I don't know that's fair oh that's fair um I am although I'm definitely no longer scared by it I've seen it so many times I know everything that's gonna happen if I was to kind of take it back to a place for when I first saw it I'm gonna I would give it a solid like five. Just the amount of tension that it's able to build, and Michael is a scary antagonist, and the setting helps to make you feel the isolation that the characters are feeling. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say a five. I think that it's kind of middle of the road for how scary something is. For sure. Yeah. So that is our coverage of John Carpenter's Halloween, and that. Ends it for this super special bonus episode that's going to be released on Halloween. So happy Halloween to all you listeners out there who are listening to this same day. Uh, happy Tuesday, twos- Tuesday to everybody else that's listening to this episode on a Tuesday. Shout out to you guys. Uh, next episode will be dropping on our usual schedule. Expect that in, I guess, from Thursday on monday no and, there's
1: another
0: week in between right uh and we're we are not
1: doing three episodes in one week oh no my man. all
0: right uh and we will be as we mentioned last episode we will be doing gerald's game so join us then but until then i am thomas j sopik and i'm vicky
1: sopik this
0: has been scaredy cats thank you and be cool to each other